Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 16, Episode 5, Sad, Sorry, Lonely Little People. And it's sort of a Eleanor Rigby sing-songy element to it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I was just going to say, it sounds like it could be a song title. Look at all the lonely people. <laughs> Where do they all belong? Not in this family. Not over here. Not in the trees. We got a little surprise for you all this week. It's a margarita episode. Kind of. We took a shortcut on the margarita. We just did straight up shots of tequila for this one. <laughs> yeah. We held the margarita mix. We call it a merry sunrise. (laughs) Anyway, the TLC description for this one is Christine and Cody's daughter, Isabel, I almost forgot who I was talking about, (laughs) has surgery in New Jersey to correct her scoliosis. The recovery is far more intense than anyone expected, and Cody's absence upsets Christine. She didn't seem upset by his absence. No, more so indifferent, I think would be the word that I would use. She did seem pretty shitty at the end, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. In the meantime. I got a little rewrite. Let's hear it. Mary hallucinates. Robin gives Isabel her hand-me-down pants for her very long legs. Christine recovers from jet lag. Cody tries to put a veteran out on the streets. Those are all things that happen. (laughs) Every single one of them. Maybe that's why Robin was in Victoria's Secret last week. Do you think she was buying more extra long pants? More pants. Extra long. Gotta be. She's got long legs, Cody. We would be remiss without starting our announcements with a happy birthday to Joseph Smith. You're welcome. A little early birthday. It's happening tomorrow, the 23rd, if you all are listening on the day that this podcast is coming out. By the way, the tequila just hit in case oh, you boy. heard that slur. <laughs> the, uh, it's too late to appropriate Hanukkah this year, but... Maybe the Browns still tried. Maybe they already did for us. It's Christine's first freedom-filled Christmas holiday season here as a newly single mother? Wife? (laughs) I don't know. Don't let it define her. As a newly single freaky bitch. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to help us celebrate the holiday season, here's what you can do. A little gift that we would really appreciate would be if you drop us a review. And we got some exciting news. Spotify will soon be adding reviews. So those of you who have been feeling like you've been marginalized in that way. Mm, Probably not the word I would use, (laughs) but, you know. Now you can leave us a review. Excellent. Fantastic. Also, if you're liking what you're hearing, we've got a bunch of other episode recaps over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. And remember, every dollar that you pledge makes us just that much more successful than my sister wife's closet. Let's get into it. Yeah, so we're over in New Jersey kicking things off. Yes, the girls and Christine are in New Jersey for their vacation. They're enjoying Isabel's last meal. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Maybe let's not call it that. Christine, maybe not. It's a poor choice of words. (laughs) They're at Christine's sister's house. Her name is Wendy, in case you missed that. In case you're a Peter Pan fan. And Christine's happy to be here because it means she's away from Cody for a while and she could really use the break. That's how bad the relationship has been. 
any sort of distance we can put between us, any mileage, Christine's going to take you up on that at this point. So she's been explaining how terrible things have been with Cody. And then we get to see Cody complaining about how he wasn't able to be here for Isabel's surgery. And then we cut to some flowers on the counter. They set it up so that we felt like they were going to be from Cody and then got let down. Just like she did. Oh, just like Isabel. Yeah, because then Christine's like, who's it from? Oh, Grandma and Grandpa. Yay. It's the thought that counts, I guess. But yeah, it's the editing trolling that's going on here with Cody. That was a very defined and built moment in post-production that took place there. That was beautiful. It was also amazing that we then cut to Robin, who is busy complaining that she's lonely and isolated during COVID and that it's been really, really hard for her. Yeah, I don't know how that ended up being something that she was able to to connect on that point of feeling that same feeling. Well, Robin is an empath. Right. So we've learned today on our deep, deep dive into Robin's Pinterest boards. (laughs) Should I read Robin's bio? Yeah, somebody on Reddit found Robin's actual Pinterest account. And at first we were skeptical, as you should be, with any information that just cruises across your phone here. Well, I mean, it's partially because of how the bio reads. It seems like it's satirical. It could very well (laughs) be a fake account. I'm going to read it because how could we not? Oh, maybe you should read it in the Robin voice. I love being a wife and a mom. I am great at relationships. I am the COO of my own business. I am a designer. I am great at business. I am very blessed. (laughs) I am great at business. Much goodly at business. I'm more better at relationships, though, than business. Okay, thank you for indulging that little journey down the rabbit hole. Yeah, go check out, before she privatizes it, go check out Robin's Pinterest. There's (laughs) a lot of good boards, a lot of great homeopathic advice on there. Anyway, now it's the day of Isabel's surgery, and she is dressed in Cody's hoodie that's supposed to be her substitute for a hug. Same diff, right? Basically. Do we think Robin smelled it to ensure it had Cody's scent on it before he left the house? It has an acceptable amount of Cody smell. (laughs) Trademark Cody smell. (laughs) That's a deep cut, too, by the way, because that's some season one shit. Because that was how Robin introduced herself to the family was sniffing Cody's jackets. Yeah, if I remember, she handed it to McKelty, and McKelty was like, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking out a lot of the teenage daughters at the time. But yeah. Things get a little weird here because Christine starts defending Cody. This is something she hasn't really done this season. She's on the couch talking about how he's been to every one of Isabel's scoliosis appointments until now. Yeah, that's right. Cody's been there fighting tooth and nail against surgery the whole way. (laughs) So it's probably best that he wasn't here for the surgery itself. Gotta give him credit. Gotta say I do. (laughs) Look, if it wasn't for COVID, he'd probably be here telling you that this is a bad idea. But I like how Christine's just like, well, look, Isabel, don't dwell on the fact that he can't make it because I will. And I'm not going to let him hear the end of it when we get back. Okay. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. That's a promise that she is going to keep. That is a promise. That is a bona fide guarantee. (laughs) Christine is feeling good about one thing. She likes the doctors. She likes his team. 
But still, this is a very invasive surgery. So she gets very upset when they wheel Isabel. I almost called her Elizabeth. <laughs> nope. That's not, that's not anybody's name. <laughs> they wheel her away and she's off. Yeah, I think Christine left out like half of these details for how serious this surgery is. They're deflating her lung and shit. Yeah. Where did that come from? She's like, they're going to collapse her lung. And was, what? They're just going to pry her ribs apart a little bit. Just sneak in there, sneak in through the side, and then deflate a lung. Just squeeze on by right over to the spine. What? <laughs> it's scary that this is the less serious or terrible option. Less invasive somehow. Wow. It gets worse. I can't imagine having to sit in your car in the parking lot while your child is inside the hospital having a surgery done. Alone, too. You get to sit in your car in the parking garage alone and wait for that phone call to come back in. Do you think she had the podcast on Bluetooth? Oh, probably. (laughs) At least a few seasons. You got to do something to kill the time. Cody's not calling. She wasn't making cameos yet. That's for sure. Can I tell you what broke my heart, though, was the entire flashback recap of Isabel's whole journey up until now. The pain, the heartache, the pain, the brace, the pain. It was mostly pain. It was a lot of pain. Yeah, and somehow within all of that flashback footage, they left out the parts where Cody kept saying she didn't do enough physical therapy exercises to heal herself. Ah, yes. Blaming her for her own medical condition. All because Cody didn't want her to have a scar. What a dick. (laughs) And because he married Robin and gave her the health insurance. Right. That too. It's going to cost a pretty penny. The last one of Christine's kids that went into the uh, hospital, they were paying that bill for a long, long time. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one Cody almost killed. Yeah. So he's trying to... Justice for truly. For real. And he's trying to keep that family tradition going. Back in Flagstaff, Cody is stopping by Janelle's house to complain about Gabe and Garrison again. Not just Gabe and Garrison, also Janelle. She's been traveling too. She has a social life as well. Traveling for all her granddaughter's medical needs as well. She doesn't start out the conversation great because she does mention that Maddie and Caleb were going to come visit, but it just didn't work out. I was going to save all these leaves so Axel could play in them, but I think I'm just going to bag them, tag them, get them (laughs) out of here. Then she tells Cody about how great it is because Hunter gets to see Maddie and Caleb a lot now that he's back on the East Coast. And Cody's response to this is that he is literally jealous of people who aren't maintaining any level of social distancing. It's almost like he's being forced to obey rules that he hasn't initiated or something. (laughs) It did give off that vibe. This is where Cody openly admits he does the math and fills us in on where all the other wives are. And look, he's staying at Robin's mostly. The family is divided in three at this point. Three, one, two, three, (laughs) one, because that's how many wives. Oh, yeah, because Mary's not a wife. (laughs) Poor Mary. On the outcast again. The real reason he's here to talk is because Garrison has been working and living with Janelle while he saves money for a down payment for a house. And Cody wants to evict him ASAP. Yeah, Janelle tells us that Garrison saved up a good bit of money at this point over the past year or so. But he's a millennial, so it doesn't matter. You're still fucked. (laughs) It's been six weeks that Cody has been trying to kick him out of the house so that he can come over more. So Cody hasn't been at Janelle's house for six weeks. At least. Well, Janelle's been traveling. He's made that abundantly clear. If you're traveling, if you're seeing people, you can't see me. Also, I'm confused about how he mentioned that the issue is that Garrison has more of a social life than he initially thought because did some digging on Instagram. 
And it seems like most of what Garrison was doing during this time period was standing outdoors taking pictures of the sky. I don't know how sociable that is in (laughs) Cody's circles that he runs with. I'm not sure. Maybe Robin saw him when she was out there banging at the moon one night. (laughs) Just on her back porch with the telescope (laughs) surveying the property. He may be at Janelle's house trying to do a good thing, saving for a house, but Cody isn't into helping anyone's kids but Robin's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is where Cody offers his real estate expertise. Because Cody knows a thing or two about buying property. With no money. With no money. And then also, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, he's a real estate genius because he bought Coyote Pass. And if you just hold on to that land, it's going to go up in value. Jesus said value on land only goes up. (laughs) Joseph Smith probably chimed in on it too. He's right in there. Haven't we helped Garrison enough? I mean, we bought him a car. That was years ago. Can he just figure it out from here? You're acting like these are our problems, Janelle. Fuck them kids. He's an adult. He needs to learn how to deal with it like an adult, like we did. Not only is he an adult, he is a veteran of the U.S. military. Shouldn't he, like, call the VA or something and find some other way to do this? Yeah, he's an adult, all right. He needs to deal with adult things, like primarily homelessness, (laughs) first and foremost. But look, the U.S. doesn't need any more homeless vets. We've made that abundantly clear. It seemed like he could not get worse, given the last few episodes, but he has topped himself. Look, Janelle's the first one to admit the world is a very different place. She understands there's a generational gap and things are a little bit more difficult right now, especially for the younger generation and her kids that are attempting to move out now on their own. Cody is doing the typical generational gap thing where he took advantage of everything that he could and he's slamming those doors and burning those bridges behind him as soon as he's in the clear. (laughs) He's like, look, you're on your own. You got to figure it out. I turned every trick. He turned every trick? He turned every trick. (laughs) Pre-2008 financial crisis, which a shitload of legislation went into to reform. And there's a lot of differences in buying property now. A little more strict than it used to be. A little tougher to get financing than it used to be. That's why Cody let Mary get that dog. It's not Mosby. (laughs) The thing that really perplexed me about this conversation is if Cody is the leader that he claims to be, why doesn't he talk to Garrison and tell him he has the choice to either observe the social distancing rules or he'll have to move out? Look, he's not a disciplinarian. He's just the landlord giving out eviction notices. That's all. That's his role in this family now. But did you like how Cody was accusing Janelle of her babies running the household? I think was the exact phrase that he used. That's funny. Isn't he living in the house where the kids sleep in the bed? and go to sleep whatever time they want and wake up essentially whatever time they want. And Robin's just so exhausted by it that she needs to have a nanny. Yeah, when his preferred wife has moved their entire family to Flagstaff to help her son go to college that he was accepted to, Robin's already did it and he was fine with that. So how is this any different? You're going to tell me Ariella doesn't run the household when she's keeping everybody up till four o'clock in the morning? How is that different, Cody? How is it different? It's not. I guess it's different because Robin doesn't put her kids before her husband. They're equal to her. (laughs) That upset me a lot. Number one, she was obviously trying to kiss Cody's ass, right? But can we recall that three of these children are from a former marriage? Depends on how you draw it up. (laughs) (laughs) Literally how you sketch it. (laughs) 
It's a little sketchy. I understand that they've been adopted by him. They've been part of the family for all these years. But wouldn't you still have a piece of you that says these kids come a little bit above him? No, because she's perfect. (laughs) She's flawless and blameless. And look, checking in with all the rest of the wives, Mary just wants a good relationship with Cody, even though at this point it's very distant and estranged. But she shouldn't have to ever choose between Cody and her kid. Cut to Christine. Oh, yeah. They come above Cody. Oh, yeah. Kids first. My kids are my companions through life. Cody is not. Then we go back to the conversation that Cody and Janelle are having, and he is busy threatening Janelle with losing his favor if she doesn't adhere to his rules. Because look, right now, Christine gave me an ultimatum. The whole family or nothing. But she's been hitting me with all kinds of complaints for a long time. This whole thing, always complaining about lack of romance, lack of closeness for years. You know, she made me sell her the house for $10 before she left. And look, Cody could pour his heart out into poetry that he doesn't actually feel. Maybe Robin can just pin him some poems and he could read them to her. Right. On his board, specifically for her. But it's a constant struggle and a source of pressure. It's not something that he feels would even be valued at this point. So what's the point of trying? And he thinks that the way Christine is acting is just indicative of their crappy relationship. But you and I, we don't have a crappy relationship. And yet I am still being marginalized. But listen, Janelle, we don't have a crappy relationship. But very soon, it could be a crappy relationship (laughs) if you don't button this up and get those kids out of this house where I can come over every two weeks if I feel like it, when I feel like it, maybe. I did crazy shit to get into heaven. I'm going to do crazy stuff to keep someone from going there early. That one felt like it was out of context. (laughs) Like they just chopped it from something else and dropped it in. There's probably a bigger COVID storyline here that we trimmed down, thankfully. It's just going to say, thank goodness. We didn't need more of that. (laughs) We did not need any more of that. Rightfully so. Janelle's trying to wrap this conversation up and there's no rain coming. So she's got to find an excuse. These leaves aren't going to rake themselves, (laughs) Cody. Get out of the way. She appeases him by just saying, I know I can't stay away from you that much longer, but I'm pretty heartbroken over the fact that you want me to kick my boys out of the house. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do at this point. I'm not going to make you any promises. Janelle's torn. She doesn't know what to do. There's no commitment, no compromise, no progress. So Cody has to stomp his feet off to his truck and drive away all upset. He's mainly upset with the fact that he is realizing, believe it or not, now more than ever, Cody's not the head of this family. He's the head of the household in some places in his mind, but not here. Did you enjoy the little pause where it was like, oh, Robin's voice came into his head. I am the head of the family in some houses. Oh, Robin tells me I'm the head of the family in her house. And I believe her. Back in New Jersey, Isabel's surgery took two hours longer than they originally planned, and the doctor tells Christine that it was a much rougher surgery than was intended. But the good news is they got that curve down from 55 degrees all the way down to 15 degrees. What an improvement. She's very excited because 15 degrees was their goal. And now we get to see Isabel. She's waking up after surgery. Her first question is if she has a killer scar. First question was, is surgery done? (laughs) Yes, it is. She was tripping balls coming out of anesthetic here. 
<laughs> she wants to know, could they have just cut me open more to make the scar bigger? I wish it was a little bit bigger, if we're being honest. <laughs> she must have a pretty big tattoo planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next item on the agenda for her to take care of is let's call dad and tell him that I miss him. And she's going to need a lot of therapy to unpack that when she's older. So let's take a quick break to hear from this episode's sponsor. As a viewer of Sister Wives, you already know therapy comes in all shapes and sizes, but not all of us have the luxury of taking a weekend away in Sedona to focus on our family mission statement. If something is preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness, you can start communicating with a licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours with BetterHelp. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. The services listed are available for clients worldwide. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Maybe you're just looking to find your Nancy. Maybe you're more of a Pat kind of gal or guy. Delicious. <laughs> Anything you share there is completely confidential. You don't have to worry about Mama Plath rifling through your phone, reading your text messages, because everything is in a secured application where you can communicate right there with your therapist. With BetterHelp, you'll gain access to licensed professional counselors with a variety of specialties. All sorts of topics ranging from depression. Got it. Stress. Check. Anxiety. Me. Relationships. All right. We're okay. Okay. <laughs> Sleeping. Oh, yeah. Trauma. Mm-hmm. Anger. Mm, maybe Cody needs to give a call. Yeah, maybe Cody. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash SSW. Join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SSW. Check the episode show notes for the link. It's the day after surgery and Isabel was in terrible pain the entire night because she was still coming out of anesthesia. She's been asking for Cody repeatedly, which was pretty heartbreaking to watch, especially since it's, you know, similar situation at home. It's not something Christine's used to reminding her on such a repetitive basis here. Back to back to back type of questioning. But this this was where I got upset too because the surgery adjustment to go from 55 degrees to 15, there's a lot of screws in the spine, a lot of those cable tether things that they were putting in. It was a lot of work to get 40 degrees adjusted. It just made me so mad that it went this long unaddressed. It probably would have been so much simpler if they had addressed this years ago when the curve was not as extreme, she wouldn't be going through as much pain as possible here. Well, hold that thought because later on, Cody thinks it's a blessing that they waited this long. Right. Even though he also says that he just doesn't want his little girl to be in pain. And it's like, well, that... She's been doing it. She <laughs> lives that life. That is her life right now. But Cody did get to video chat last night after the surgery. Looked like he was super involved. Not really. <laughs> Definitely at Robin's house, though. They're going to be in the hospital for the next five days until Isabel can complete a list of tasks on her own. But meanwhile, back in Flagstaff, Mary's out for a hike. Can you call it a hike, though? Because she was wearing jeans. At that point, I think we just call it a walk in the woods. It's a, yeah, it's a leisurely stroll <laughs> at this point. Denim is uh, yeah, an interesting choice for the hike. It's lonely. Like, I live alone. You know? We know. 
Yet also, she needed to come out to the woods to get a break from everybody and everything? (laughs) What is it? Are you lonely or did you need a break? She has reached the point in her isolation where she is hallucinating. She's just hearing voices at the house, just echoes bouncing off the walls. Just spirit babies in every room glaring at her. She's staring out the window like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. (laughs) Someone who understands, someone who empathizes with Mary's situation is Robin. She thinks it's funny that she feels lonely through COVID in her house with her five kids, her husband, the nanny, so many people around yet feel so isolated. Yeah, how does that happen? I don't know. And Christine admits if she didn't have her girls during COVID, she'd probably go insane. So now we are, there's legitimate concerns that Mary is going insane at this point. Janelle is even kind of worried about Mary. So she's checking in on her every few weeks. Not so concerned that she's going to check in on her on a daily or weekly basis, but she's making sure she's still over there, still breathing. Admittedly, not as often as I probably should, but I do make it a point to have a health and wellness check every once in a while, a call, a text. I try my best. Now, one of the things that we have been sold, which was a bill of goods about plural marriage, is that no one would ever feel true loneliness. Cody really believed that. But now he knows that's not the case. COVID has shown us that. Whoopsie doopsie. He does make sure to add a nice dig in there about how nobody likes Mary. So none of her sister wives are going to check in on her anyway. It's kind of your own fault. No one likes you. You know, and I don't like you. (laughs) So I'm not going to call and check on you either. I have no reason to talk to Mary every day, and neither do her sister wives, if we're being honest. And apparently he has told Mary this recently. She now understands that they are just friends, and that Cody says there is no way to repair their relationship. Well, she guesses that they're friends. So I don't think it was explicitly stated. She's come to that conclusion on her own (laughs) after some thinking. So then all he told her was there's no repairing the relationship. Uh, Yeah, this isn't... okay. This isn't happening the way that you think it's going to happen. And I'm waiting for you to leave. Someone send this woman a copy of He's Just Not That Into You. She's still holding out hope for more than that, though, because she's not going anywhere. You're stuck with me, whether you like it or not, people. She's going to stick around. She has been here through hard times. She is still here rising like a phoenix from the ashes. No, that's Robin's (laughs) storyline. That was what her necklace was about. So Fidelis Heart. That's what we got to go back to. Like a loyal dog. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Thank God we didn't actually go with the dog imagery for it. But there was that dark spot because, again, we can't call it the catfish incident. Everybody's sick of hearing about catfish. It's not catfish anymore. Did TLC put catfish down as a trigger word? Yes. They were like, (laughs) it's the dark times, the dark ages, the dark spot. It's not catfish anymore. Don't say it. This part was heartbreaking. Mary just wants to see Saul and Ari because they're the only ones in this family who love her unconditionally. So now she's basically where Cody's at, where Cody has made the realization that only children under the age of 12 will love him. And that's who he wants to spend most of his time with. That's the problem. Cody sees too much of himself in Mary. It's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, you can't be in the same room for too long with that exposure. (laughs) Look, yeah, Mary didn't start crying until she started talking about Saul and Ari. And Robin has made sure to keep that distance alive and well during COVID. Even though Mary lives in permanent isolation at this point and would have all the reason to be able to come over to the house and see these kids. 
She does appreciate, though, that Mary wants to be involved in their lives. That is nice to have that as an option that I can take away from her and snuff that out right in front of her eyes. To sum this up, Cody thinks he's got four wives who have chosen not to spend any time together during COVID or even call each other despite having these devices, these video whatever thingamajiggers that you film yourself with. You know, they could do that, but they don't. These video talkie boxes. (laughs) He just looks like such an ass because he doesn't know that Janelle and Christine have had these secret hangouts. So he assumes that no one has interacted with each other. Well, yeah, when was the last time we talked to Christine about anything except surgery or signing divorce papers? (laughs) Not much has been going on in that realm. Flashing forward, today is day six at the hospital, and Isabel is going to take the walk down the hallway that will determine if she is ready to go back home. It's a walk to remember. (laughs) She's going to go put a sticker on the map. That means that you've reached your goal and you get to go home. So it has your, it's a little star sticker and it has your initials on it and you get to slap it up on the board where you're going home. So she's busting out of this hospital today and she's going to go back to Aunt Wendy's house where she's got some visitors awaiting. Christine's got her bag of medication that the hospital has discharged her with and she is terrified because she is now fully responsible for caring for Isabel and giving her all of this medicine from here on out. Isabel is still in the mother load of pain, as Christine calls it, super intense, and it took them five days to come up with a pain management plan to take care of Isabel during this time. It's a lot to take charge of. It's a lot to manage and wrangle, but I'm sure Cody will be able to tag right in. He'll know all the conversations, the combinations, the safety measures. He'll be up to speed on everything as soon as she gets back to Flagstaff. Yeah, probably not. That means Christine needs to take this drive nice and slow so she gets over into the right-hand lane. Very good girl, learning how to drive in New Jersey. And she's trying to avoid hitting anything, you know, running Cody over. If he were to jump in front of the car, she would have loved to have done that. (laughs) But every little bump sends Isabel into a ton of pain. That's where Christine promised to drive as non-aggressive as possible. But look, you're, you're in New Jersey And you shouldn't make promises you can't keep. (laughs) It is good that she was over in the right lane. Well done. Gold star for that. But you still have to drive aggressively if you want to get there in one piece. We've got our first visitors who have stopped by the house. Mitch, Aspen, and Hunter have all come all the way to Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy's. Aunt Wendy's. Sir, (laughs) sir, this is a Wendy's. Do you want some fries with that shake? Just getting a frosty. We're going to blow on out of here. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're here to spend time with Isabel after her surgery because family time is important for her recovery. (laughs) The doctors wrote that in. (laughs) I know. Now I'm just, I'm trying to think about how to work Baconator in somewhere (laughs) as a joke now, but I I can't get there. My hunter's really had a glow up. I'm used to seeing him as this like, shitty angsty teenage boy who's just like oh, football and wrestling uh, uh. he was the worst teenage boy <laughs> it was a rough go there for a little while and boy he's really come through on the other side he's a nice young man now <laughs> he's really making up for it he's giving her nicer compliments than her father does in, in the next segment telling her that she's just tall beautiful she's like an amazonian woman delivered straight from amazon.com <laughs> He's like, uh, you got two-day delivery on you. (laughs) Now, is it a great idea that we have three visitors from out of state here? 
Christine acknowledges, no, it's not. But I did give them the list of guidelines the hospital gave us, which was nice to have instruction as to what to do for social distancing because we haven't had that at home. It's good to have a baseline to work with. And then, okay, where I can kind of get lenient with this too is if they were strict about those guidelines at home and then they were all within driving distance. So just driving to Aunt Wendy's house, okay, that might, it's again, it's still not great. They also could have all put masks on. I don't know what the resistance is to the masks in this family, but it would have been nice to see. I think the doctor would have appreciated that. Yeah, and I don't know if they planned their arrival, maybe like when Isabel went for surgery, so then they had almost five days there before she got no, there. No, let's be Probably real. Probably not. <laughs> Christine's really rubbing it in. We're going to remember this for the rest of our lives, and Isabel's going to remember forever that Aspen, Mitch, Hunter... They were really, really there for her. Two reallys. <laughs> and Cody really, really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, not you, Cody. We're not talking to you. So now we're back in Flagstaff. We're over at Christine's house. She's invited all the adults to come over for a nice Isabel surgery recap debrief here that's going to take place. They've only just gotten home. So this is the end of week six. And remember, this is an eight-week journey. So they have two weeks where they have to be home quarantined but we're still going to have the adults come over and sit outside so that they can see Isabel for the first time since surgery. And Christine is just flat out exhausted at this point. She is beat. She makes the mistake of telling Cody that she's tired, and he asks her if that's because she's jet-lagged from her luxury vacation. No, actually, I have to wake up every three hours to give our daughter pain medicine so she doesn't pass out. Or get an infection. You know, just little things like that. (laughs) Things you obviously didn't ask about. So she doesn't like go into shock, uh, things like that. Janelle has overheard this and asks Christine if there's anything she can do to help. And she does seem genuine about it, but she does make the mistake of saying it in front of Cody, who obviously does not want Janelle here pitching a tent in the yard or, you know, maybe putting up a greenhouse on Christine's property and sleeping there overnight and coming into the house to give medication. Yeah, you could tell Cody was upset with the offer because he had just talked to her about kicking Garrison out of the house. So let's not get involved in the medication Christine kids mix over here, too. And he also didn't offer himself. Oh, no, no, He didn't hear that and think, oh, maybe as her father, I should say something. No. But Christine feels comfortable enough to share this in this moment. She would never tell Isabel how tired she is because she knows that Isabel would feel guilty. And she doesn't want her to feel guilty about this at all. Everybody's taking their seat. Robin feels... The picnic tabletop, I guess she thinks there's a trap door in it or something before she sits down. It could be wired. Yeah, it could be wired. (laughs) uh, There could be trip wires, pressure plates, some sensitive booby traps. Isabel comes out and Cody gives her an excellent compliment of, you look straight. You look taller. That was what I was worried about. Really didn't want you to be taller. Well, it turns out she's only one inch taller. She's up to 5'10". 5'11-ish. We didn't really get a general consensus there. It was kind of between 5'10 and 5'11. I'm glad that's the first thing everyone asked rather than, are you okay? Are you in pain? Let's get down to it. Give us numbers. How much did you grow? Gotta have the numbers. I gotta get some custom lifts made before your graduation, so you gotta let me know. I need numbers. Hard numbers. How many inches (laughs) they need to be. What what do I have to close the gap now? Uh, Because then Robin has to take the time to point out she feels like a lot of the kids in the family are very competitive. 
A lot of the moms are very competitive. Not Cody, though. She doesn't mention Cody directly by name here. But there is a, a general spirit of competition that's been fostered in the family that she's always been very uncomfortable with. They're worried about dumb things like height. And who's worried about that, especially when everyone knows Robin's legs are so long that she needs those special pants. Charging up that Victoria's Secret credit card. It's just so dumb. How is height a competitive thing? You can't train to be taller. You can go get Isabel's scoliosis surgery, so get in line. Well, yeah, but that's not... <laughs> this is a genetic thing. And I, again, not mentioning Cody as being the competitive driving force in this at all. She had to mention all the kids and the wives. But Cody's the one who brought it up and is solely focused in on this of is his daughter taller than him because he needs to know. If you had any doubt that that's what this was about, you need to go check out Isabel's graduation pictures where Cody is literally standing on his tippy toes to try to be as tall as Isabel is in a pair of heels. Good luck then. Because <laughs> she's standing tall like Xena warrior princess out here. We finally get to the question of how you feeling. And Isabel says, I mean, I heard a little bit, but I'm feeling good. Yeah, it must be like 10 after 3. I think she just got like a, a fresh <laughs> dose of pain pills or something. Yeah, she's feeling good. <laughs> she's feeling pretty good. Someone who's not feeling so good? Gwen. Because she's got to look at this scar every day and she's dry heaving inside that house. It's gnarly. It's uh, it's an awesome scar, though. Do you, do you guys, do you want to see the scar? <laughs> do you want to see the scar now? She just told him how gross it is. And I was like, do you want to see it, though? Because I'll show it to you. Do you want to see it now? <laughs> I'll show it to you now. <laughs> Robin has really got quite a thought here. This is the main takeaway. It's a big scar. She's this beautiful girl with a scar. She's got a story, you know? I do know. I do know, Robin. Thank you. This is where Christine really starts going in hard on Cody with the guilt. She tells him that when Isabel woke up, she kept asking for Gwenny and for Daddy just over and over and over again. And when we got there, actually, the doctor said, your daddy's going to be here, right? And then when they said, no, he's not, she was kind of shocked by that and was like, oh, it's okay. She won't remember anyway. That's the good part of it. And you can see this is painting Cody that she's bringing this up. She's just twisting the knife on, on some of these details here from the surgery and the recovery process. He's shifting in his seat. He's looking up at the ceiling. He's getting uncomfortable. But again, it's because he can't show sadness or weakness or regret in any of these ways because that's not masculine enough. He just has to get angry. That's the only thing he's allowed to do. It would also make Christine right, and he really doesn't want to do that. Can't do that right now. Isabel gets up. She's trying to go back inside. And then Cody starts yelling at Christine. Is she all right? Does she need help, Christine? Not that he was going to jump up and, and help with anything, but no. he would probably uh, be able to call Robin's nanny and maybe have her assist with getting Isabel back inside the house if they really needed to. Mary heard that shit and comes back at Cody. I'm sure she's probably by her side all of the time, Cody. Shut the fuck up. Well, to be fair, Isabel was a little tipsy going in. She was a little <laughs> topsy-turvy on a few spots. She was kind of stumbling in there. Like she stumbled out of the fajita cantina. Yeah. And Mary knows. Mary knows that drill. But Cody has to point out on the couch, look, Christine is in this caretaker role, and she's bearing all of this burden without a break since he hasn't been there to help. So you do know you're an asshole and you just don't care? Well, it's her fault. That she's in this situation because she decided to go have the surgery. That's what I was going to say. Was it, or is he punishing her? Is that the angle? Is he punishing Christine for making this decision? 
and taking this away from him as a hero opportunity to be daddy who saves the day. That does seem like it tracks. So this is where Christine has to point out again, yeah, Isabel puts on a lovely brave face because she's happy to see you guys, and it's exactly the same thing that I do, but she's hurting. It's not easy, and it's really, really hard right now. It's so hard that at this point, she's not sure that she really feels like the surgery was worth it. We got to wait down the road for the pain to disappear, for that to be something of the past, and then she'll probably be happy about it. But right now, this is the worst, most intense pain that she's ever felt in her life. And it's pretty difficult up inside Christine's house. This is where Cody has to take full credit for this. And look, thank goodness we put off surgery this long so we could get this alternative one that was, you know, smaller scar primarily um, and just better in the long run. All that pain, all the suffering that led up to this, the whole path of what's been happening up till now, totally worth it. Cody did take like two seconds on the couch to offer up that all of this was Christine's idea when he was on the couch. He did not give that credit to her in front of anybody else. He was able to admit that to the producer. So I thought that was interesting. She did everything. She did everything for this surgery, all of it, on her own. Thank goodness, because Cody was going to do none of it. So he basically contributed exactly the same level that he normally did. (laughs) There was nothing different there. Next episode, this is our belated Christmas gift from TLC, y'all. Christine questions why a nanny is allowed around Robin's kids when her family is not. So Cody produces a long list of COVID rules that the nanny follows. Janelle thinks some of it is ridiculous, but the wives wonder why they didn't get this list sooner. It's the nanny fight. Who is your nanny and what does she do? (laughs) We have the already iconic sentence here from Christine. What does the nanny do? It's going to be the whole rule review, the laminated paper fight that we saw from the preview at the beginning of the season. Robin has suspicions. There are kids who are blaming Robin for making these rules. Why in the world would anyone think that I was behind this? Hmm. I'm just really good at relationships. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week.